Welcome to the Living With Less podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea DeMattis, and I'll be bringing you weekly episodes to encourage and invite you along on this journey of living with less of the things getting in the way of our relationship with Christ. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Living With Less podcast. I am so excited for you guys to tune in today as I am bringing on a special guest who's talking about finding our courage in Christ and what that looks like in our own life and then living that out in the world to be a light to others. So Rebecca Dotson George is who's joining the show today. She is the founder of the Do The Thing Movement podcast where listeners are cheered on each week to be faithful and living out their calling to glorify God in a unique way. She is a pastor's wife who lives in Mississippi with her husband and the sweetest dog, Jasper. And her greatest joy in life is walking alongside her friends and discipling others and pursuing their passions in a way that builds the kingdom. Without further ado, Rebecca, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Well, thank you so much, Chelsea, for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be here. Like you said, my name is Rebecca Dotson-George. I am a newly married pastor's wife. I got married last May, Mm -hmm. and we live in very south Mississippi, in Brookhaven, Mississippi, which is a couple hours north of New Orleans. So very south. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do have an almost one-year-old puppy named Jasper. He is like the light of our lives right now. Mm -hmm. We just adore him. And uh, yeah, my husband pastors the church East Haven Baptist here in Brookhaven, where we serve together. And like you said, I have a podcast and community called Do The Thing Movement, where I bring a guest interview each week of just somebody chasing hard after their God-given calling. It's mm-hmm. been, and I, as we were saying before we hit record, such a gift to mm-hmm. get to connect with just like-minded people um, chasing after their calling and mm-hmm. getting to encourage others in that way. Mm-hmm. And um, Lord willing, I'm also writing, uh, working on writing a book kind Woo-hoo! of along the same lines right that's now. Awesome. So I'm excited about that. So that's kind of what I'm into these days. Awesome. Girl, I love it. So you were a, actually a guest on my blog this past summer and you wrote your post was on courage and how that was the word for I think your year was that 2019 or 2018 yeah. okay 2019 2019 was that was your word so you had talked about courage and I just remember reading that and I loved every single word you wrote not because they were your words but I truly felt like the Lord was just speaking through you and it was filled with so much scripture and I just loved that. And I feel like that's a word we don't hear enough about, especially being attached to Christ, having courage in him. So can you share a little bit about that and just what you felt the Lord teaching you when he placed courage on your heart? Yeah, absolutely. So the end of 2018 was sort of the beginning of me dating my husband and Mm -hmm. the last I guess, three or four months of that year. And the Lord started started really putting that word on my heart in the fall of 2018. Mm. And I had never really, you know, done a word study on courage or thought maybe a ton about courage, you know, I've, I've memorized verses that, you know, talk about how he gives us courage and all of those things. But I'd never really took a deep dive or maybe ask the Lord to build that within Mm, me. And mm -hmm. and that's really where I felt like he was leading for the next year. And I didn't really know why Mm. at the time. And, um, as the Lord, as the Lord does. And so I, I picked that, that word and 
Um, come to find out that that year, which was last year, was the year that I got married. I moved to Mississippi, mm. nine and a half hours from everything I've ever known. I started a new job um, that I work remotely from our house, kind of outside of ministry stuff that I'm doing to mm. kind of supplement our, our income right now. Um, became a pastor's wife, right? So it was this <laughs> all it was these this things just very overwhelming yeah. year that required a lot of courage. So yes. it makes total sense. Um, why God put that on my heart. But um, I remember just Googling the word courage before the year started. And one of the definitions was possessing the ability to do something brave. Mm. And, and I love that, but I also think we're, we're missing it Mm -hmm. because we live in a world where, you know, we're encouraged and I'll talk a little bit about this later, but we're so encouraged to, do all the things and mm-hmm. wake up early mm-hmm. and drink the water and have mm-hmm. the planner and, you know, just fight through the fear and the anxiety and you can do all the things. And, and we miss that when we are in Christ, we are indwelt with the Holy spirit that mm-hmm. empowers us by God's strength mm-hmm. to, to walk forward and take steps of faith mm-hmm. and, you know, all these things that we're talking about. And so the verses that God really brought to mind here were, one was in Second Corinthians five seventeen that oh, says, that "Therefore, one. if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come." Mm. And, and I think so often we forget that when we trust Christ, when when we are saved, we are indwelt by the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit and by His power. You know that um, we're able to possess the ability to do something brave. Yes, and yes, right? I love that. And, yeah, and then also kind of backing up in First Corinthians, it says in three sixteen, "Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's mm-hmm. Spirit dwells within you?" Mm-hmm. And um, a story, quick story that yeah. kind of comes to mind here is, uh, like you said, I'm a runner, and I did a couple of marathons a few years back. Mm-hmm. I'm not in any kind of marathon shape right now, but. Um, one of the times that I did the St. Jude Marathon up in mm. Memphis, um, it was a really hot day, and I, that was sort of unexpected, and I don't do well in hot weather, mm. and um, mm. I got to the end of the course about the last 10K or so, so for those of you that might not be into running marathons, a full marathon is 26.2 miles, and So I was about 20 miles in Mm. and I was really starting to get some heat exhaustion symptoms. So Mm. I was starting to chill and uh, having to walk some and just taking as much water as I could. I was really struggling. And at the St. Jude Marathon, you're running partially on the grounds of the hospital at the main campus of St. Jude. And so... Mm. Of course, that always makes me cry. I was going to say, and I'm about to start to cry. It's so emotional. And um, so you're trying to run and choke back tears, and, mm. and it's just the sweetest experience. And towards the end of the race, in all of that, when I was starting to struggle, I ran underneath this bridge just coming into downtown Memphis, mm. and I was not anywhere near the hospital. I was past the part of the race where you you see patients and their families mm. And so I thought emotionally I was kind of past all of that. Yeah. And I see this girl underneath the bridge. She's in a wheelchair. She's clearly a patient. Mm. 
and she's holding a sign. And at first I couldn't really see what it read. The closer I got to her, she started cheering for me. My name was on my, my bib. And oh. So she kept saying, go, Rebecca, go, Rebecca. And the closer I got to her, I realized her sign said, the same power that raised Jesus from mm. the grave is living inside you. You can do this. And I, I mean, I'll never for the rest of my life forget seeing her and, and seeing that sign. And I, I come back to that moment so much, you know, in the weight of all mm. that last year was for, for me and for Dustin and, and our new family and in any step of courage, I, I always come back to that moment of just remembering the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is oh, living in my gosh. Christ, you know, that is so good. And we miss that. We, yeah. we miss that. You know, I, I, I heard somebody say not that long ago, you know, I think we're all going to get to heaven one day and we're going to be excited to see Moses or, or see Ruth. And, you know, yes. we're going to ask like, yes. what was it like to, for the Israelites when they were led by the pillar in the cloud and, mm. and they're going to look at us and say, yes. what was it like to be indwelt by the oh. Holy Spirit? You know? And so mm. I think if I could say anything about courage, I think that's what we're forgetting. You had shared this in the blog post. I'm actually going to be sure that the blog post link is in the show notes, just that way people can go back and read that. But one of my favorite things that you wrote was speaking about courage in crisis. It's a quiet confidence that I'm not doing this alone. As a follower of Jesus, the same power that raised him from the grave on the third day lives inside of me. Therefore, I'm never alone, forgotten, or forsaken. And we had just kind of been talking about this, but I believe we live, we live in this generation where we are the most encouraged people to date. Like I truly believe no one has ever been so encouraged. Everywhere we turn, there's a person or a sign or some trendy t-shirt that tells you, yes, you can believe in yourself, you know, all of those things. But I find in the people that I encounter, like whether it's women at church or just my friends that I've had for years what's missing from all of us in certain seasons of our life is those things don't propel us forward because we're missing Jesus. Like when that's all we see, we're missing his call. So how would you encourage a guy or a girl who's feeling exhausted by trying to do this all on their own when you and I both know Jesus is the only choice and we have to make that choice? Yeah, that's right. Well, and I, I love this question because this is the person that I just truly feel called to speak into, you know, whether that is a stay at home mama, a ministry leader, business owner, mm-hmm. network marketing girl, you know, all of it. You're right. We're just fed lies mm-hmm. around, you know, kind of this whole topic. And, you know, like I said, if, if we work harder, get up earlier, you know, do all of the things that will finally someday feel that we're enough yes. and that's just not true. Mm. Um, you know, it just makes me want to sit down over coffee and just put my hands on either side of their mm-hmm. face and just say, you know, your worth and identity have absolutely nothing to do with your productivity level or a number on a scale or mm. so many things that can just hold us captive in our thoughts. And, you know, yes, God has called us to be good stewards of mm. our time, our bodies, our finances, all of these things. But, um, you know, ultimately our identity when we are in Christ is, is in him and what Jesus did on the cross, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, it brings me back to a verse in Ephesians 2.10 that says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Mm 
which Jesus prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm. And, and I think that's one of the most freeing truths just to know that before time began, God knew yes. Chelsea that you in this season of being a mama, God would give you this outlet for the kingdom, right? And and that you would need that in this season mm-hmm. and that he would use you in an extraordinary way. And I love the verbiage that we're his workmanship. Yeah. It makes me think of like a craftsman mm-hmm. that, you know, a long time ago, God knew that, um, that I would start do the thing movement and mm-hmm. that, I mean, to be perfectly honest, he would use people like you mm-hmm. in preparation for that season for me. And I, I feel like it's, it's women like you that I'm standing on the shoulders of now Mm. to ask questions or just see how God is using Mm -hmm. you to spur me on Mm. right in what he's prepared me for, which is Mm -hmm. just like a beautiful cycle. But back to the question, I just think Mm -hmm. it goes back to our identity. And I think again, just like courage, I think we have identity. Yes. A lot of times we forget that. I love in that verse. And I know you pointed this part out too, but that which God prepared beforehand There have been so many times, especially in this season, where I'm like, okay, he's always doing a new thing. And while that doesn't mean it's this shiny, pretty thing with a bright red bow on top, but there's always something going on that I I don't know about that he's preparing me for. And so, like you said, instead of walking into these things thinking, I have to be enough, I have to have it all together. Like I just love that you brought out that verse because I think there is so much freedom in knowing it's been prepared beforehand. Like you weren't even born and he already prepared it. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. That just, it's such a relief. So you had talked about, you've gone through a lot of transitions over the last year, just a lot of change, all really good things, but all really hard things. They are not like easy things. And instead of it being like, okay, one this year, one this year, one this year, it's like here, all of it. So can you share about a few of those things that have been really big in your life that had happened, but that you really did have to lean into Jesus as your source of courage and strength. Yeah, absolutely. So, so let's start with marriage. (laughs) Um, We're like, yes. And that is a, yes, let's talk about marriage for a minute. So a couple of quotes God just kind of brought to mind here. Mm. One was read at our wedding and it makes me cry almost every time I read it. Mm. It's a Tim Tim Keller quote. And Mm. it says, so within this Christian vision of marriage, here's what it means to fall in love. It is to look at another person and get a glimpse of what God is creating and to say, I see who God is making you. And it excites me. I want to be a part of that. I want to partner with you and God in the journey you are taking to his throne. And when we get there, I'll look at your magnificence and say, I always knew that you could be like this. And I got glimpses of it on earth, but now look at you. We had that, that quote read at our, at our ceremony. And, you know, I think, I think that's it. And I, I don't think it was until, you know, we were planning our wedding and the weight of, marriage and Mm. that covenant relationship between us and God, none of that really hit me until I was in it. Mm -hmm. And I think I grew up and I, you know, even in my twenties, early twenties, I had this very false narrative Mm. of an expectation of marriage. Another quote by Gary Thomas, who's one of my favorite marriage people (laughs) that 
says, what if the primary goal of marriage is to make us holy Mm. rather than to make us happy? Yes. Marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so that does require back to your question of leaning into Jesus Mm -hmm. every day. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and coming back to the ultimate purpose of marriage, which Mm -hmm. is not our own happiness, but that God would be glorified. Mm -hmm. And then you asked about just ministry in general, number two. And, you know, the verse that came to mind there was Acts 20, 24, which is, Mm -hmm. I would say it has been sort of one of my life verses. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to Mm -hmm. me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Mm. And, you know, I think in different seasons, that looks different, Mm -hmm. right? So when I was single, I had all the time in the world. And during that time, I started a ministry nonprofit called 818 Ministries Mm -hmm. um, that serves cancer patients. We make Um, handmade hats and and handwritten letters of encouragement. We package them together and and deliver them into hospitals. God put that on my heart after my mom's cancer journey. Mm. And that that was really huge part of my life in that season of singleness. And I had time to travel and and go to St. Jude and go Mm. to all of these awesome facilities that would let us come in and just be a light to their people. Mm -hmm. And, and that was what God had called me to in that season. And now, you know, I think the leaning into Jesus really is navigating and praying through what does that look like in this season? Mm -hmm. Right now I'm a pastor's wife and alongside my husband, we're shepherding a flock of people. Right. And, and above anything, my call now is to support my husband. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, life looks a lot different now, but I think the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Yes. That's what is constant mm. no matter what season. That's I'm good. In. And so uh, I think that's really one of the things that God has been teaching me there is just to be flexible in what that looks like. And then the third thing you asked about was the podcast, which has been yes. just such a gift to me. Um, it's just been so much fun. And you know, given, like we said at the beginning, kind of what we do on the show and what we talk about, the verse in Second Timothy 1, uh, verses 6 through 7, kind of comes to mind there and is one I've often prayed over my audience with. Mm. And, uh, it says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. Mm. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Mm-hmm. And When I was in that season of kind of planning the podcast, I went and looked back in the original language of some of the words in that Mm -hmm. verse. Mm -hmm. And the part that says fan into flame in the original language means to kindle afresh, to inflame one's mind, strength, zeal, and to stir up. Oh, I like to stir up. Yeah. Yeah. And, And the gift in the original language was a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own Mm. grace or gifts, distinguishing certain Christians and enabling them to serve the church of Christ. The reception of which is due to the power of divine grace operating on their souls by the Holy spirit. That is so good. Yeah. And so like to stir up the gifts. Yes. Given me like that. That's what I feel called that's how I feel called to disciple others. Yeah. If yep. that makes sense. And mm-hmm. so um, in that same season, I took That's this really cool. spiritual gifts test. I don't mm. know if you've you ever taken one Yes, of those? I have. Okay. So 
one of my top ones was apostleship, which mm. I had never really studied mm-hmm. before, but it mm-hmm. mean, basically means discipling disciple makers. That made so much sense. Like when yes. I started navigating, yes. like, what do you want us to talk about, Lord? You know, that's kind of what I kept coming back to. Mm, that's so, really so that's that's kind of just a little bit of what God and I have I been feel like to. with you saying that there at the end, one thing that I keep just hearing over and over in just what you're saying, and I like feel this in my heart that when we are setting our courage and our strength in Christ, that's just, I know he's going to confirm what he's calling me to do. I don't have yeah. to sit there and be afraid of, is God ever going to call me? It's, yeah. I trust that he's going to call me to whatever that looks like. And like you said, being open to seasonally what that looks like and just knowing that we're all here for purpose and he's going to call us somewhere, whether that's just no platform being stay at home mom and just training up your children to know the Lord. Like that is just as much a high and holy calling as people going and preaching the gospel all around the world. So I love that. So I love what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. So my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And I feel like that just ties so beautifully into John 3.30. He must increase, but I must decrease. And... In the same way, you know, we must decrease, and but the Lord must increase in our lives, and that means in all areas of our life. That's not just like the one area I wish I could be better at or the one area I think I'm lacking. It's all of them. So what's an area in your life that you feel like you've had to let die in order to see Christ increase in your life? Yeah. This is one of those questions that you read it and you think, oh, man. Okay, Lord. <laughs> And I was so glad you asked it because Mm. I've really been navigating through this. So what came to mind was just people pleasing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this side of eternity, if we're all being honest, I think we all struggle to some degree with this. And Mm -hmm. it says in Galatians, uh, for now I'm seeking, am I seeking the approval of man or of God, right? And and then it goes on to say, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. That is ouch. Yes. Yes. And, you know, I think especially with my, my personality type and the way that I'm wired, which is God given. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I, I have that tendency, but so there's a tension there because, Mm. you know, God knit me in my mother's womb. He -hmm. created my personality and how I'm wired and how I think. Mm -hmm. Um, but also we are not called ultimately to please people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I, I've always struggled with that, but especially stepping into this new season and especially being now a pastor's wife, yes. uh, navigating that in our lives now is, is a challenge. And I think that that's really a daily choice um, mm. to let, to let that die, that part of me die, because ultimately you know, it says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we are doing that, like, that is the will of God, yeah. right? And that is pleasing in his eyes. And ultimately, nothing else matters. Hmm. And maybe that sounds overly simplistic, but it's biblical. So the other verse I wanted to 
point out. Psalm 135, 6 says, Whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the deeps. So this passage for me, it takes a lot of trusting in the Lord and in the way you've put it and talking about courage, you know, believing in what God has already prepared for you and has planned for you. So when you find yourself, and I'm sure we're going to find ourselves in these seasons over and over and over again over the next however many years, but when we're in seasons of wondering and just kind of worrying like, what, what are the plans? What does this look like? How do you get yourself back to the place of trusting what God has in store for you, even if you can't see it? Yeah. You know, I think it's really important to remember his promises and what his word says mm-hmm. about his character. And, you know, God's word is living and active. So a promise that, you know, maybe encourages me today. I could be in a totally different season yes. two years from now and God bring back up the same verse, but it have a whole new meaning, still the same God, but mm, you know, maybe that yeah. promise kind of takes on a new meaning for you. And I think that's the awesome thing about God's word. And I, you know, when I come back to kind of that anxious heart or a lot of worry, mm-hmm. you know, I know in those times that I've taken my eyes off of him and mm-hmm. onto my own circumstances. And I'm probably mm-hmm. either trying to strive and achieve in my own yes. strength, or I am trying to people please, you know, or et cetera. Right. And a verse that really, really challenges me in this is Philippians 4, 6. Mm -hmm. And it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything Mm -hmm. by prayer prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made Mm -hmm. known to God. And that just brings me back to prayer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, a couple years ago, this verse just really hit me hard just to think, you know, we're called to not be anxious about anything, mm-hmm. but in everything to bring it to him, mm. you know, right. I, and that's, I'm not talking mental illness there. I'm talking mm. like everyday anxiety yes. Yes. to take them to the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and leave them there. And, um, that is mm. kind of what God brings me back to in those times. I love hearing what people go to when they're in like a certain season. So anxiousness and thoughts and whatever, because I actually just got done writing about anxiety and where I always go is in Mark four with the disciples in the boat with Jesus feeling the raging storm going on. And they're like, and they say, teacher, don't you know, we might drown or what? I can't remember exactly what their phrase, but I love how God does give us, he gives each of us parts of his word where we can turn when we're feeling that way. Cause for you, yours takes you to prayer and get with the Lord. Mine is like teacher. Don't yeah. you, you know, very, it, I, I feel like, do, do you not see it? But again, I just love that he takes us both to different places, but ultimately it's the same thing. It's leaning into him, trusting him yeah. and just like, okay, Lord eyes on you. Can I say like a quick, 15 second thing about the Sea of Galilee. Yes. That's right. Because you just went and visited. I just, so we went to the Holy Land last November and it totally, I cry every time I talk about it. It totally and completely changed everything about the way I read the Bible. And one night we went and did a worship boat tour on the Sea of Galilee. It was my favorite part of the trip and the sun was setting when we were on the boat and Mm. they turned the boat back to the shore and my husband and I are just weeping the whole time. Mm. 
just thinking about all that happened, you know, on the shore there in Capernaum where Jesus grew up and, you know, him walking on the water and him calming the storm. Mm. And my husband knew a lot more about the geography of kind of the lay of the land than Mm -hmm. I did. He looked at me as we turned back to shore and there was sort of a cliff face that, you know, we were headed back towards the sun was setting in the valley of it. And Mm. he said, Rebecca, do you realize that through that valley is the easiest way to walk to Jerusalem. And I said, okay, no, I didn't know that. And he said, could you even Mm. begin to imagine the number of times that Jesus looked at that valley and probably walked that from the shore of Galilee to Jerusalem and back. And, you know, when he was out on the water Mm. and the disciples were saying, teacher, (laughs) you know, when, when that, when all that was going down and he was asleep in the boat or, you know, all those moments, he knew that ultimately he would walk through that valley for the mm. last time and he'd be headed to the cross. Oh my gosh. Because that same valley was there, in mm-hmm. the t- obviously, in the time of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even in those moments oh. when the disciples are just wanting him to calm the storm, he's thinking like, oh, guys, you have no clue what's oh. about to happen, you know? Oh my gosh. And anyway, that's totally off script, but you brought up the Sea of Galilee and it... I'm no, these are the best the parts. Oh, I love that. So the Living With Less podcast, I ask everybody this question that comes on. It's all about living with less of the things, getting in the way of who Christ is calling us to be. So if someone came to you and asked you what they needed to begin living with less of in regards to this, what would you tell them and why? I love this question. And I always love hearing people's answers when I listen to your show. Um I think we've already hit on this, but Mm. really the expectations and thoughts of other people Mm. that came to mind for me because it can be crippling to somebody with my type of personality. So I know I battle this a lot. And like we've said, our aim and our mission is to please God and bring him glory. And I think if we spent more of our time, all of our time sold out to this, it Mm. would remove, you know, a lot of those wondering thoughts about, you know, people pleasing or other people's opinions. Mm. And that's what came to mind. We're going to wrap up with a fun question because I know you and I've just talked about this before, but what has been the best part of moving to your new town? But I also want to add something. What's been a hard thing about that too? Because I'm sure there are people listening that have gone through a lot of transitions and had to move So what's been the best and the hard parts? Okay. Can I start with the hard? Absolutely. Okay. I'll wrap up on a good note. So the hard really has been, I would say a couple things, you know, the amount of change that I, Mm. that I went through was excruciatingly hard for the first few months. Mm -hmm. And I would say to someone in that type of season to just give yourself the grace of Mm. like, life isn't going to feel normal for a while and that's okay. That's really good the more of the rhythms of life that you were once normal for you, Mm. try to try to find those again, join a gym, join a small group, find, find community. Even when you don't feel like you want to find community, you know, I think the Lord really taught me how to simultaneously kind of grieve the season I was leaving while also embracing the season that I was in and those things can happen simultaneously in the same day, in the same hour. And so that was really hard. We also live in a very small town. So Mm -hmm. to anybody who lives in a small town or just moved to a small town, um, you know, being a pastor's wife already makes you feel like you're in a fishbowl 24 Mm -hmm. seven. Right. And, you know, here I don't leave my house 
without running into somebody. Yes. <laughs> right. And, and that I was not used to. And mm. I had to kind of find those places and those people who I didn't have to hold the title of being their pastor's wife. Yeah. Right. Um, so all that took a lot of time and I'm still kind of mm-hmm. finding pieces of that for mm-hmm. myself even months later. The podcast was a huge part of just, I needed that outlet in this season. So, so that was the hard, the fun really has been, you know, this is a whole part of the country that I've never mm-hmm. known and I've never been to New Orleans. I've never been to Jackson, just some of the fun cities that are surrounding us. So kind of exploring that has been a lot of fun. And I think mm-hmm. it will always be where we started our marriage, yeah. where we started doing ministry together. And I think that is a gift, even even in the hard, you know, I, th- I know that we will look back and be thankful one day for it. So mm-hmm. it's been super sweet. I, I moved to Columbus eight years ago, but I actually moved here from a very small town. So mine was like the opposite. Ah. And I remember because where I grew up, everybody knew everybody. Like you mm. couldn't go somewhere and not have probably conversations with at least four different people. Yeah. Then I moved to Columbus and I didn't know anybody here. And I remember thinking, nobody's ever going to know me. Like I can't yeah. go to the grocery store and know anybody. So it is really interesting to hear the reverse of what I walked through. Yeah. Um, but the pain is really similar where it's just that like, this is not the norm, but kind of the same thing. I look back now and I'm like, this is where I met the Lord. It's where I met yeah. my husband. Like it's like the sweetest thing for me. So yeah. I love that. Well, I'm so thankful you came on here to share. This has been so sweet for me and I know this is going to bless so many people, but before we sign off, I want you to tell us where can everybody find you? Instagram, website, all of it. Perfect. So Instagram is at Rebecca Dotson George. So D-O-T-S-O-N and Mm G-E-O-R-G-E. And the website for the blog of the podcast and all that good stuff is do the thing movement.com. Well guys, everything that we talked about today will be on the show notes You can also find where to connect with Rebecca there. But I hope that you guys just feel really encouraged in Christ and that you really dig into his word that maybe you could sit this week with just some of the verses that we had dug into and just ask the Lord to just bring things to the surface that you really need to give over to him. So Rebecca, thanks for joining today. This was super fun. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in today and I will talk with you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. You can find everything we talked about at chelseadematis.com. If you have any questions, please reach out over social media. I'd love to chat. If you enjoyed today's episode and are loving the podcast, I would be so honored if you left a review on iTunes or shared on social media. Your kind words and encouragement mean the world to me. And I pray to continue showing you God's grace over my life as you all journey this out with me. Wherever you find yourself listening today, know that you were fully loved and fully known by God.